Yeah, God's in the house today, isn't he? Oh, you know, he's got more than you think for this Christmas season for you. You see, one of the things is, and that's going to be my message. You're going to hear me say that phrase a lot in the next few moments. It's more than you think what's going to happen. You see, we put Christmas in a little box, don't we? We, we say, oh, yeah, you know, get up in the morning, sprouts, love them, turkey, you know, stuffing, the Queen's speech, or, you know, jollof rice and stuffing. I don't know what you have, but, you know, you already think you know what's going to happen. But can I say something? I'm going to use the word prophetic. There's going to be more than you think this Christmas. It's going to be more for you, more than you think. There really is. And for you folks watching online, there's more than you think going to happen. Would you turn with me to John chapter 1, and I'm going to read his take on the nativity, or at least, should I say, Jesus coming in to the world. And uh, follow along with me. I'm going to read the first 14 verses and pick up from uh, where Mike preached last week. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. By the way, how many of you want a word today? A word to your life, a word to your heart. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, and through him all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that that life was the light of all mankind. You see, he's more than you think. He's more than you think. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John, and he came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. Have I got any witnesses to the light in the building today? Is there anybody who wants to witness to the light? You see, it's the true light that gives light to everyone. You see, he's much more than you think. He's not just a little baby in a, in a manger. He's the true light that gives light to everyone. He's so much more than you think. He was coming into the world, and he was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, and to those who believed in his name, he gave them the right to become the children of God. Children not born of natural descent, or of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. Born of God. The word became flesh, and he made his dwelling amongst us, and we have seen him, his glory the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Oh, may the Lord give you a word today. You see, the trouble with 
uh, us is that we make things less than what they're supposed to be. Uh, sometimes Christmas can be less than what it's supposed to be. And I believe that Christmas is supposed to be completely a tremendous uh, session of hearing the word of the Lord. Have you ever been anywhere and it turned out a bit less than what you thought? Have you, have you had the tragedy of booking a holiday and you get to the hotel and it said luxury, but it's not your definition of luxury? You know, that it's kind of like, there was somewhere in the north, actually, that was like a children's park, and they said they got a wild animals enclosure, and you went there, and it was rabbits and guinea pigs. It was a bit less than what they advertised. It was less than what they think. I don't know about you, but during lockdown, did anybody else like me suffer from Amazonitis? You know, you started ordering things, thinking, oh, that looks good. I ordered this thing, and I thought it was like to make films on a phone, and it came with a little plastic thing that, it was just rubbish. Now, Kathy said to me, I can't mention my leaf mulcher today, because it's been in three sermons, oh, now four. You know, that's a great thing. That's my greatest gadget. But uh, I just ordered so many things. And actually, there came a time I thought, oh, that looks so good. Kathy will look good in that. And, uh, you know, I kept ordering Kathy things during lockdown. You know, I got this Amazonitis. I kept ordering her things. And in the end, Kathy said to me, please stop ordering me clothes. You're ordering me the wrong things. They don't fit. They feel horrible. Stop! Because they were less than what they advertised. And one of the dangers that can happen at Christmas time is we make it less than what it's supposed to be. We make it less spiritual than what it's supposed to be. We get into, well, this is what's supposed to happen at Christmas. Uh, you know, we do this, 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 and this. And actually, we're not open to what the Spirit wants to say because I believe that this is going to be a season that's going to set you up for the new year. And so I want to say to you, instead of making it less, this is a season where God wants to give you a life-changing, encouraging word. Something to encourage you and build you up so that you're ready for the new year. I know, you see, there's lots of negative words around at the moment. And there's lots of words around at the moment that are all confusing. I mean, I, I, at the end of the day, I'm getting to the point where uh, whether I don't know whether I can have a party or not or whatever. And I'm sure I can't. But there's lots of discouraging words around. And I want to say to you today... In fact, put your hand over your heart and say, God, give me a word, a word of encouragement, a word of strength, something that is life-changing and uplifting. You see, don't make Christmas less than the year, by, less this year, by letting it be drowned out by lots of lesser words, because... It's going to be not what you think. It's going to be much more than you think. 
Now, I'm not wishing to make light of any relational difficulties. We all have relational difficulties at times, and we all tend to get to the point in, in our marriages sometimes where, how many of you are married and you think, well, I've really got to work on this? Don't say it out loud. Uh, you know, but sometimes even something great, you have to work on it, or it can become less than what you think. And I, I knew that there was a, a kind of wife one time who was, was feeling like things weren't going quite as well. And so not, you know, she, she decided to uh, email into tech support to bring up the husband and so on. Uh, so what am I doing wrong? Oh, I've got my own clip. Are we good? Okay, good. Okay. Well, as I was saying, that, uh, uh, by the way, that was not my wife. I just want you to know that. For those of you watching online, that was not my wife. And it's not what you think. It's not more than what you think either. In fact, I better move on because I'm going to get myself in trouble. (laughs) Even the good things in our lives, we can reduce them down to less than what they're supposed to be. And uh, a wife emailed in to tech support and uh, said this. Last year, I upgraded from boyfriend 5.0 to husband 1.0. And I noted a distinct slowdown in the overall system of performance, particularly in the flower and jewelry applications, which operated flawlessly under Boyfriend 5.0. In addition, Husband 1.0 uninstalled many valuable programs, such as Romance 9.5 and Personal Attention 6.5, and then installed some undesirable programs like Sky Sky Sports 5.0, Cricket 3.0 and golf clubs 4.1. Conversation 8.0 no longer runs. And house cleaning 2.6 simply crashes the system. I've tried running nagging 5.3 to fix the problems, but it's not working. What can I do? Sign desperate. Tech support sent back this message. Dear desperate, First, keep in mind that Boyfriend 5.0 is an entertainment package, while while Husband 1.0 is an operating system. Please enter the command, HTTP, uh, semicolon, I thought you loved me, HML, and try to download Tears 6.2. Don't forget to install Guilt 3.0. If that application works as designed, Husband 1.0 should automatically run the application's Jewelry 2.0 and Flowers 3.5. But remember, if you overuse that application, it can cause Husband to default to Grumpy Silence 2.5 and even Beer 6.1. And that has a bad program which will download Loud Snoring Beta. Whatever you do, do not install mother-in-law 1.0 or run back home to mummy 3.5. And especially, my dad always did it like this, 4.2, because that runs a virus in the background that will eventually seize control of all your systems and resources. Also, do not attempt to reinstall boyfriend 5.0 because that's an unsupported application in husband 1.0. In summary... 
Husband 1.0 is a great program, but he does have limited memory. And he can't learn applications very quickly. So you might consider buying additional software to improve that memory and performance. And we recommend Food 3.0 and Kissing 7.7. Good luck, tech support. Even the good things in our lives can be reduced round to small things that then can make something smaller than it's supposed to be. What John is trying to communicate in these few verses is Jesus is much more than you think. And I want to say to you, your marriages, Christmas, the things that God has for you is going to be much more than you think. It's a word to you and to this church. You see, what John is trying to communicate, there's something special when he uses that word, word. The people of the day had their own understanding of it. They, it. The word for word in the Greek is logos. And they had an understanding of what logos meant. And actually, John is trying to say, no, it's not what you think. It's something very different. The Greeks, for instance, they thought that the logos or the word was something far removed. But actually, it was like an intelligent force in the universe to make it sure that you could perhaps know God. But it wasn't God, and it was uh, something that, because God, you can't know him. That's what the Greeks thought. They also thought that this physical world was absolutely terrible, and it was evil. And therefore, God was so holy, he could never come in to this world. And so when John begins to say, in the beginning was the word, the Greeks are going, yeah! And then when he says, and the word came and dwelt amongst us, the Greeks began to scratch their heads. The Jews also had a thought about uh, the word as well. The Jews thought that the word was a power sent out by God. And they were almost right. In fact, they were right in some ways. But it was a power for God to do things, which is nearly true. The word is a creator. Psalm 33, verse 6. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made and the starry hosts uh, were made by his breath of his mouth. The word as a healer in Psalm 107 says, verse 20 says, he sent out his word and healed us. And yeah, we all agree with that. But they still thought that the word was something separate from God, that it was just kind of a power that he sent out. I kind of sometimes think that we have the same idea about the Holy Spirit. That even though he is a power, he is, he is somebody who is powerful and, and does things. That actually you can't treat him like a force though. He's a person. And he wants to speak to you intimately and closely. The Jews would say things like Isaiah 55 verse 11. That my word goes out from my mouth and it will not return to me empty. It's like a power from God, but it's still separate from God. And so... Let's just have a look at that scripture one more time. Let's hear what John is trying to say. He's saying, actually, what God is sending, this word is a person. And everything that's on God's mind, he wants to express through him. Actually, if you want to know what's on God's heart, 
Look at Jesus. Because he expresses everything. So in the beginning was this logos, was this word. And all the Greeks are cheering and saying, yeah. And the word was with God. And they are saying, yeah. And the Jews are saying, yeah, I believe that. And then John says, and the word was God. And they all go, oh, I'm not sure. And then he says, he was with God in the beginning. And they all start cheering again and say, yeah, I I believe that. And through him all things were made. And without him nothing was made that had been made. Yeah, we believe that, God's word. In him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. And the Jews are going, hang on a second. I thought we were the special ones. You see, to the Jews and to the Greeks, he's saying, it's more than you think. And one of my messages to you today is, you can't reduce your life down to small things, your marriage down to small things, or Christmas down to small things, because it's more than you think. And so... In this very special passage, we go on and on and on, and then we come to verse 14, where John says, and the word, the thing that you think is separate from the earth and separate from God is actually God becomes flesh and makes his dwelling amongst us. And we have seen his glory. I wonder today if you're making things smaller than they're supposed to be. You see, if you turn in your Bible, just a quick, just go over to Hebrews chapter 1. John is saying perfectly that that Jesus represents all that God is because he is God, he reveals God. This is what Hebrews chapter 1 says, first three verses. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he's spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom he has made, also made the universe. The sun is the radiance and the, of God's glory and the exact representation of his being. There is nothing in the sun that isn't God. It's more than you think. Sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he's provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right of the majesty in heaven. John's message right at the start of his gospel is, it's not what you think, it's more than you think. And my message to you today is, God has more than you think for you over this Christmas season. God has got things for you. And if you're not careful, you'll think to yourself, well, I'll go to a carol service, or I'll go and do that, I'll have a few presents, and you know what's going to happen. But I want to say to you, God's got more than you think. For you, it's much more than what we think. Three things. It's more than you think, because he can give light to everyone. Verse 9 says this, the true light that gives light to the world was, was coming into the world. Now, when we talk about light, we often make the point, and we do make the point well, that light dispels darkness. But actually, in the Greek here, there's a word here used for light, it's called phos. 
And, and what it means is, is not just dispelling darkness, but it means to make manifest or to explain what's going on and to, so that you can see absolutely clearly that any complications in your life, he can bring the light so that all your complications begin, you begin to unravel them. Now, let me t- say to you, Kathy knits, and uh, she, she's a great knitter, and um, sometimes I, I look over at Kathy, and, and she's knitting so furiously, I can see sparks coming off the, off the knitting needles, and so I, I just thought, I got a bit curious about it, and uh, history breaking today, first time I've ever brought a knitting pattern to the platform in my life, and uh, she's been knitting for our grandchildren and so on, and I thought, oh, I'll have a read to see what she's doing. This is what I read. Front and back worked in one piece to armholes using four millimeter eedle, ne- needles, eagles, needles, cast on 99, 113 semicolon 127141 semicolon 155, semicolon 169, sits loosely. I'm lost already, but I carried on. First row, K1. Yai forward, yai forward, yon P5, P3 tog, asterisk, P5 yon, K1, yai forward, yun, P5, P3 tog, rep form, asterisk to the last six, ST, P5, and yon K1. I'm in darkness now. <laughs> Second, and every alt row, pearl, I don't know what that is. I thought it was a jewel. Third row as first row. If Kathy came on the stage, Kathy could make manifest and make sense of this. And you see, that's what John means. He says, there's a light coming into you and in your life where I can unravel the complications and I can unravel all the things you don't understand and make them manifest to you so that you can understand this life, so that you can understand what, I, uh, what you're going through. In fact, doesn't the psalmist say that, that he says to us, you have searched me, O Lord, and you know me. You know where I sit and where I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. Listen to me. He wants to unravel things and make manifest things in your life more than you think. So that you know how to live and know what to do. The light is coming into your life. Second thing. John says it's more than you think because you've been born right and born with rights. I, when I was preparing this, I got, this is why I wanted to bring this up. In, in John, it says, you were born of God. Now, not by the will of humans, not by the will of a husband or a decision by a human decision. There's nothing in your salvation that had the hand of man in it. Somebody may have led you to the Lord, but you have been born of God. And so, in Kensington Temple, I don't know about you, but we don't want first class and secondary uh, class Christians here. Everybody's got the same being born of God. Don't you agree, church? 
Now, I know we have people to help us, and I know we have leaders and cell leaders and all of that, and that's good, that's amazing, and, and it's quite rightly so. We have mentors and mentorees, and all of, that said, all of that said. But as far as the raw material of salvation is concerned, you were born right. It was God's hand. And I just want to speak against the spirit of anybody who might feel that they are second class. You were born right. God personally got you to be born again. Amen? It's more than you think. It's God's hand in your life. And the other thing I wanted to bring out was, God, John said this, yet to all who to receive him, uh, you, to those who believe in his name, you have the right to become the children of God. And that word right means authority. Actually, you've got the uh, power to live the life. So I want to speak against this spirit that kind of says, oh, I'm not a very good Christian and I can't live as good as anybody else. No. John says, you have got in you more than you might think. You have got authority to say, I can live this life. God will make manifest some of the complications in my life. And he will make it so that I can understand my way through those or how to live. And then I can live. I have the authority to do this. I can be the Christian that God is asking me to be. He has done in your life more than you think. And then... I'm going to wrap up, actually, and I want to just minister to you because I actually have a word for you and for the church. It's more than you think because John then says, I have come, and when he comes, he will dwell amongst us and, and be a tabernacle amongst us, be a, a dwelling amongst us, and he says, and we beheld his glory. Now, you have to understand that that word glory has huge impact from the, from the Old Testament. In fact, in the Old Testament, it says the glory, do you remember the glory filled the temple so much that they, they couldn't even stand to minister. Now, stay with me now. This is really important. And when it says that Jesus, we behold his glory, he's actually saying, I want you to see more than you think about me. When Kathy and I were praying about coming to Kensington Temple, it was about 18 months ago, we, we went for a walk in a stately home, and neither of us can remember which stately home it was. Uh, we'll think of it. We were trying to think of it early. But we, we were walking and talking and praying and, and thinking, and we came around a corner, and there was an absolutely huge orchard. We've never seen anything like it, and this is actually the picture of what we saw. There were apples upon apples upon apples. We'd never seen something so fruitful, and you know God stopped us right there, right there in the sun, and we were just kind of talking for a little bit, and it just came upon us that God said to us, Kensington Temple is going to be so fruitful. It's going to be filled with fruit. But here's how we heard it. Listen, 
Let me get to the good part. Here's how we heard it. It wasn't just about our ministry. This is, we, we instantly, or, or kind of as we weighed on it, we began to say, well, what, what does it mean? And we, it wasn't about us being fruitful, although we believe it was a word to us, but it was about the church being fruitful. And actually, I want to say, it was about the people of the church being fruitful. Listen, in this season of Christmas, I want you to receive this word. God has got fruit for you, and it's more than you think. You will be fruitful more than you think. Come on, let's give him praise. We believe that God has placed a fruitfulness mandate over this church. And so, I actually publicly, online, in front of everybody, I prophesy fruit in this church. I prophesy fruit in your life. But I don't prophesy little fruit. I prophesy an orchard of fruit upon fruit upon fruit in your life. And I want to say this to you. It's going to be more than you think. It's going to be more than we all think. And that was the word that God birthed in our spirit. And I wanted to show you a picture of what we saw. So I want you to just maybe stand with me right now and lift your hand. Because I want to say to you that when John says, and we beheld his glory, a glory of the only begotten Son of the Father, the Jews would be thinking, well, the glory was in the temple. And, and John is saying, no, it's more than you think it's in him. And I want to say to you that God wants to bring fruit into your life. It's not just a prophecy about my ministry or even about the church as a whole. It is all of those things. But I want to say to you as an individual, God wants to give you more fruit than you think. Do you receive that word? You see, because you've got to have the word. You've got to hear it as a word to you. It's more than you think, church. I prophesy fruit over your life. I prophesy fruit into your life. I prophesy more fruit than you can handle into your life. lift your hand with me and say, Lord, I want that fruit. I want that fruit, Lord. Holy Spirit. And so this Christmas season, would you allow the Lord to set you up for the new year, bringing rest, replenishment, sure, but actually that he speaks a word into your life that is more than just sprouts and Christmas pudding, but actually speaks into your life. I have a word for you, and I believe you're going to be fruitful. Now, I know that some people have just say, oh, that's an easy word, but actually, you know, fruit bearing isn't easy. You've got to put yourself in the right environment. You've got to dig around it. You've got to be in the right places. You've got to receive the right things for fruit to come. So this is not an easy word or, or something just to uh, get everybody excited. Actually, 
this was a word that came to us. And I just felt this was the right time to release it. So Kensington Temple, I want to say to you, it's more than you think. and just say, Lord, I want my fruit. I want the fruit that's appointed to me. I want that which is appointed to me. You see, why am I saying this? John gives us a warning. He says he came to his own and his own didn't receive him because they couldn't see that it was more than they thought. They had in their minds what they thought Jesus and the Messiah should be. And they missed it. You can miss it today if you don't open up your heart and your mind and say, God, come to me. I want the fruit that you've got for me. One more time. Come on, everybody together. God, bring the fruit in my life, in our church. I prophesy it over this church. I prophesy it over your life. Come on, let's just worship him. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let her receive her king. Receive your king today. Receive it now. Worship you, we worship you. Joy to the earth. Joy. 